Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Diane Halfman. How are you doing, Diane? I'm good. How are you, Chris? You can, I'm doing great. This is a special edition. We are recording this through uh, my, my freshly connected uh, internet hardwired into the computer. So the, the quality is going to be good. If you're listening to this on audio, check us out on video. You can find us at lmscast.com. Diane, over at your site, dianehalfman.com, uh, you, you feature this idea called the spa life. Can you take us into the story of what, what that is and, and what that's all about? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Thanks for asking. You know, a lot of people tell me like, what is that? Are you just going to have a massage and how does that fit into my life and what does that look like? So a lot of people don't know that my first career, I was a San Diego police officer and I was an officer for 10 years and I worked patrol as well as undercover. So I worked gangs, narcotics, vice. There was a lot of that happening. And so I saw a lot of behind the scenes of what was happening in the world. Well, my last case was a kidnapping murder case of a seven-year-old girl named Danielle, and I knew her mother, and it was actually the first case where I actually knew the victim. And that had such a big impact in my community in San Diego, you know, because it happened in a neighborhood that people thought was safe, and it just really stirred everyone. And there was a big media sensation around it. I was on the news. It was just, you know, it ended up being the neighbor that was involved. So again, it helped, you know, people didn't feel secure about what they were up to. And it was just a draining year. I mean, not only you can, I mean, you can imagine you've got kids. I know, our, you know, your listeners have kids and you think about that's like the worst nightmare that has happened is something happening to your child. So, you know, my friend was just going through the worst experience in her life. And, you know, I was trying to help her and the case and we were going to court and there was just so much, you know, angst. And I know that, you know, I hope you know, your listeners haven't gone through something similar, but we all have certain things at different times in our life that just seem to take us out. You know, it just takes more of our energy. It's just, it's draining and we don't really know how to get on top of that. Well, I had a miracle that kind of happened as part of that where someone donated to Brenda and myself and some of the other ladies to go to a resort called Canyon Ranch in Tucson. I'd never even been to a place like this before. I mean, I was on a cop on a cop salary and, you know, going to a place like this was like just going to heaven really. And walking there and seeing all the things that were happening where we were having great food and great rest and having, we were having massages, so that's part of the spa life, but going on hikes and really taking care of ourselves. And what we noticed was how we started feeling better. And at night, when we connected with the other people there, we had such high level conscious conversations. And we started having conversations about wanting Danielle's death to not be for nothing. And what kind of legislation could we do? And how could we make the world a better place? And I really started seeing how when you had everything around you that was supporting you in your body, in your mind, in your soul, you could do amazing things. And so as I was transitioning out of the police department and retiring, I was working in a month, I was, um, coaching through a coaching program. And my mentor, Jim Bunch had asked me, you know, if you could have all the time and money in the world, what would you be doing? And I just said, I'd be living the spa life. And I had no, I never said that word before. I didn't even know exactly what that meant. Other than I told him it wasn't just about the massage. It was about having taken care of all the aspects of yourself, because if you did that and you were your best person, you could then, you know, go into the world and you know, make bigger impact. So spa life is actually a lifestyle and it's one where you have accomplishment, but you do it with harmony. You do it in a way that it actually feeds your soul. Wow. That is an amazing story. Why is uh, radical self-care such a radical idea? 
You know, it's amazing because I think what happens is that people are, and I know your listeners fit in this, that they want to give so much. And so they feel guilty in giving to themselves because they feel like there's only so much time in the day and they, it's kind of like that guilty pleasure type thing. But what people don't understand is if you keep pushing so much, you know, either your body's going to give out in disease. And when you get sick, it just means your body's had enough because you haven't listened to the signs coming up. And so it's, that same thing about like when you're on an airplane about putting the oxygen mask on yourself first, you can't help anyone else unless you're taking care of yourself. And I say extreme self-care because you actually have to get it on your calendar. You have to make it a priority just like it is an appointment with anything else. Because if, when you do that, when you take care of yourself at that deep of a level, you have so much more to give and we're here to make big impact. So we want to take care of ourselves so we can have the energy and the drive to be able to do that. Wow, that's amazing. I can hear the conversations, past conversations with the course creating community, the online membership site folks that I've been around for a long time. And just as an observation, they they appear, and I, I consider myself part of that tribe as well. We have like a higher than average like stress volume, partially because we're teachers, we're coaches. Uh, we're really invested in our students or our learners or our clients' results. So we're like, it's very heavy. So how do you integrate the two? You know, because sometimes you feel guilty when you take time away and not to, to like, you know, focus on yourself versus, you know, take care of your students. Like, how do you, how do you integrate a successful go-getter mindset with like, I'm going to chill out, relax and take my foot off the gas and reflect and ask the big questions. Right. That's a great question, Quish. I get that a lot of times. And so one of the things that happens is that, you know, as professors and, and people who are in the teaching instructional world, right, we're a reflection. So if we show up, even if we think that people don't know what's happening behind the scenes for us, and I know this just from my police work, is that everything looks great on the outside, but what's happening behind the scenes, it can be a little bit crazy. And sometimes people don't want anyone to see the crazy that's happening behind because they think it's a reflection of who they are. So as you're teaching and you're doing your life, you want to show all the different aspects of that. If you are just, you know, balls to the wall, just teaching and going and, and just doing that aspect of it, you're not showing the different flavors of your life. And you're then teaching and modeling for our children as well as our clients that it's okay that you don't take care of yourself, right? And so by doing that, you're giving them permission to have that in their life. And, you know, I have to learn, I have to do this for myself as well. I mean, I'm somebody who used to work like 18 hour days and, and overtime and, and all these kind of things. And, you know, there's going to be times and when you're doing a course creation, you've got maybe a deadline or you're doing a certain launch and, and there's going to be times that's like that. That's why I never talk about having balance where there's an equal port in your day. That's not what happens when people are, you know, hard chargers and want to make things happen. I really believe in work hard, play hard, but you got to get that play in there you got to get it on the calendar. And I look at your calendar as being your mind in action. If you look at that and you don't see the things on there that really inspire you, you actually need to draw from that off time to give you the inspiration to then give on a deeper level. Because I think you actually talked about going into the real world for some inspiration. People have to do that. You have to live your life. If you're just in, you know, in your office having tunnel vision, you're not getting the creative ideas because you're not living your life. So you want to be reflection of the life you want to live. And if you sit and you look at, you want to like fast forward your life, you know, a year, five years, 20 years from now, is it the life that you want to have? 
right? It's like, what is the outcome? Why are you building what you're doing? Yes, you want to help people, but are you also building a life that you actually want? Some people, if they build without the end in mind, they build something that they actually didn't want. Wow, that's, that's really insightful. And I'm, I just want to park on that point you said a little bit about uh, being a reflection. You know, as like a business owner myself, I, uh, you know, I'm conscious of the culture I create. And, you know, I'm on stage whenever I'm in front of my people, even though I run a remote company, when we have our meetings, if I talk about how I, you know, worked all night and, you know, pulled, yeah. you know, worked most of the weekend too, you know, I might've gotten a lot done, but I'm setting a expectation even subconsciously to my people that, you know, that, you know, you need to do that too, if you want to be successful here. But at the, at the same time, that just breeds a culture of workaholism and, you know, un, unbalance. And I found the hard way that, you know, it's better to manage energy, not time. You know, I'm a lot more productive if I actually, <laughs> you know, sleep and uh, take, take time off and, and do some stuff that I want to do. Right, right. You know, that reminds me, I had a, a client of mine, uh, Matt, who had his own, you know, in-home business who, you know, this is another thing that a lot of people have their own business. They don't have set hours, right? They think they're open 24 seven versus saying, okay, I've got some boundaries around. This is when I open and this is when I close and I have, you know, some family time. And that's actually part of what I help my clients with is like creating what are the, the parameters, you know, it's about managing, not, it's not managing minutes. It's about moments. Like how is it that you want to actually experience that? But one of the things with Matt is he wasn't taking any time off and he had bought a sailboat thinking that he was going to someday, you know, get on his sailboat, go out and, and do that when he retired. Well, he had already had the boat for two years when I had met him and he'd been on it only like a handful of times. And I just said, you know what, you are just, you know, working so hard and now it's starting to affect your health. It's having impact on your marriage and it's not what you want. Yeah, you're impacting people, but the energy you're now bringing forth with people in terms of this frantic, like you have to get it all done and the busyness that's coming up is not how you want to be in the world. I said, let's just, you know, play with me here and let's just say this boat is for retirement, right? So I said, how about if Fridays you were retired? Like we just said it on the calendar where Friday, every Friday you are retired. You wake up with the mindset that you're retired. You don't take calls. You've got no schedule. You just go out and you go on your boat. And he just kind of looked like, oh, can I do that? You know, and his wife was on board with it. They were all like, let's just make this happen. So he started doing that every Friday. He would go out on a sailboat and he would just be out on the water all day. And what happened was not only did he get a day off to himself, he created an extra day for his family. And because he gave himself that time, he had his most brilliant creative ideas when he was on the water, not thinking about it. So you have to step away from your work in order to get that new inspiration to then bring that energy into people. That's what people want is they want to have what you have. And if what you're showing that you have is exhaustion and craziness, no one wants that. I know one digital entrepreneur who actually takes his laptop and puts it in a safe that he cannot open until like a certain, you know, after a certain time. <laughs> so, uh, Hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of strategies for dealing with this. One of mine, uh, I, I'm this episode that we're recording right now is actually from a little cabin in my backyard of my house. Nice. When I go in for dinner, I close the laptop. I leave the phone in here. And I sit with my family and, you know, I hang out and we have time together. I don't have like the, the beeps and the dings and, you know, uh, I just, I, I try to 
create habits to, to enforce that because it's easier said than done. We all have like limited willpower. And if you love what you do, especially it's really hard sometimes to detach. Um, One of the things we talk about on, on this podcast a bunch is what we call the stack, the stack. And that has to do with, you can have, some people have courses and coaching and, um, you know, maybe some services and like a different stack designed to get a desired result for their people. Um, you have a couple courses and a coaching program. Can you just kind of tell us about your offer spread there? Yeah, I think it's important to, one of the things I always ask people when I'm talking to them on the phone is how, how do you best learn? Like if somebody gave you a blueprint, could you just take that and run with it? And, and does that work for you? Or are you someone that likes to have a little bit more accountability where you've got someone that is checking in on you, where you've got some, you know, boundaries and they're, you know, supporting you as well. And what's good to ask them about that is begins awareness for them to actually see how they learn and then for them to also be part of co-creating in the process because most people need a balance of both. If they didn't need the accountability and your personal support and your personal expertise of what you have, and you all have expertise because you've lived your life and your experiences in some ways that you are going to be able to impart that on someone else because they've not had your experiences. People need that part of it because if they didn't, they could, you know, online courses would be completed 100%, which we all know they're less than 10%. So it's important to have that mix. So one of the things that I do as part of my courses is that I have the online experience because I love the fact that people can go on 24-7 whenever it works for them and give them the next step to go. But I think it's important to build the community. I've got online communities. I've got calls that they have where they can ask questions along the way and they feel like you are actually taking their hand and you are walking them through the process over the finish line because Really, it's not that they need more information. They need to have more implementation and more inspiration. And by having that, they have that extra boost to get there. Everyone knows what they need to do. They're just not doing it because they're overwhelmed with life and priorities and everything else. So when they say, hey, I need what you have to offer, you got to help them over, you know, over the, the help to get there. One of your courses is called Clutter to Calm. Is that right? Yes. So what is that all about? Like what is, tell us about the the clutter problem and then your approach to it. Right. So the Clutter to Calm course, it's a five module course and I use my signature five-step system. I think when people have set systems to be able to look at, it supports them and making that happen. We look at the mindset. So the part I was saying where people know what to do or they think what they need to do, but they're not doing it. So we address that in the academy. Uh, We go through like the bedroom, you know, we go through the office and the kitchen and the storage areas. Sometimes people have off storage. So all the different areas, because usually I find that people don't have a cluttered, you know, one area corner. It's kind of spreads all over the place. And one of the things that happens is that clutter is like an anchor. It actually holds you back and you're not able to be as creative and move forward. So I help people clear the space so that they can then clear their mind and then be able to do the courses they want to do. So I work a lot with uh, either authors trying to write their next book or people creating their next course uh, so that their environment isn't distracting them with what's happening with them. So one of the ways that uh, I look at that is by... By clearing those things out, we look at environment. So you, you had mentioned earlier something about you know not having enough willpower. And what's great about that is you know people will set you know New Year's Eve goals you know where they think okay here's my resolution for the year and they think that willpower is going to get them through that. 
Well, people are most lucky to get through the first week in January and to still be on track with that. It's because the willpower, when other things and other pressures come on, the willpower isn't enough. It's your environment that you create that actually pulls you towards what you want to have. I have a great example of this. I also say a lot of people have for their New Year's resolution, they have, they want to be more healthy. They either want to lose weight or have more energy or something around their health. So let's say you go out and you buy this thousand calorie cupcake and it's this beautiful cupcake and it has all these calories in it and you set it on your counter and you work from home and you walk past that cupcake all day long, right? You can have all this willpower. I'm not going to touch the cupcake. It's for my family or for it's a special occasion or I'm just going to have a bite of it, right? You can have all this willpower, but it's in your environment. It's actually affecting you. It's only a matter of time where you're either going to be hungry enough stressed enough or there's no other food in the house, you're just going to eat that cupcake because it's there. And that same principle is for everything, like in your office, right? The things that are in and around your office, are they actually moving you forward to inspire you to do the work that you have to do? Or is it dragging you in so it's your environment that actually affects you? In fact, a lot of my clients don't even work in their office because it stresses them out so much. So they'll do it at Starbucks or in their car even or in another room because their office is crazy. But when you think about it, your office represents where you make your money and where you're creative. And if it's not a place that actually inspires you, that's something that needs to change. That's awesome. And for those of you listening, uh, I'm d in the video version of this, Diane is standing in front of a beautiful art painting. There's no like stacks of papers or things to do. There's a, there's a nice inspiring painting behind her right now. Let's talk about paper clutter. I, and just to share, one of the strategies I came up with is I actually work on graph paper. I do a lot of mind maps and stuff. Uh, for organizing my day and whatnot. And I have online tools for project management and things like that. But I have like, a, it's like a graph paper and there's no ring. It's the type where you peel it off. And when the day's done, it's either going into my online system or it's throwing it or, or it's done. It's going in the recycle bin or I'm going to use it to start a fire. The, just having one piece of paper every day uh, it just allowed me to relax. And, and then I have online systems. If I ever do need to save something for later, it goes over there. So my to-do list is always just a fresh, clean sheet of paper at the beginning of the day. There's some other stuff I do on it, like some gratitude and you know the most important things I need to get done the next day and stuff like that. But then the rest of the white space, the chaos can happen just for the day, then it goes away. Right, right. <laughs> I, I love that because I've actually created something called Diane's Daily Design that I use with my clients. And you and I didn't even talk about this, so I think this is so perfect. It's a one page. <laughs> and I don't know if you can really see it, but it's like a 24-hour yeah. clock. And so I had today was a very full day today, so this is more than I usually have. But I just put one word next to it so I can see what's the flow of my day. But I also have a line where this is where my day ends and where it starts. Like there is a, this is when it's happening. So you have those boundaries, but also that flow that I was talking about is that I have on here, like, this is like my, I put on here, like my self-care kind of things. And this is my cash flow calls and these are my values. So I write those in during the day. So I am mindful of what kind of day do I want to have? And then at the bottom, like, as if I think of certain things, like I've got an area for calls. So like, oh, I need to call that person. You can just capture it right away. This is computer. And then these are actually commitments that I'm making. So if you're putting it on here, you're committing, it's going on your calendar, it's actually going to happen. But having a one page, you can either draw it out yourself. Uh, you know, I actually do a, a one like hour training on this just so people can like how you can do that because how you master your day 
is key because you want to be able to have that flow that has not just all the appointments you have, but you know, if you could see this closer, you'd see like, you know, I went to the gym this morning. I'm going to have meditation, you know, later on tonight. It's like all those aspects, it's part of it. I mean, if I had a day where it's like, you know, I was just working all day long, it's like, what is that? you know, makes Johnny a bad, you know, dull boy or whatever that, that saying was, it's just like, you got to have variety to life. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like that how you have the, uh, the self-care spa life. That's part, that's important to be planned too. When I do my top three priorities for the day, I always try to include at least one thing that's not related to work. Cause as an entrepreneur, I can easily just be like, Oh, I got to do this thing or I got to set up this, this thing. But, There's uh, almost a thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it today's. Mine was just to be, I'm always working on mindfulness. And I just have one of my top priorities today is to release negative thoughts. And that's, wow. uh, it's just there. But, you know, it's, it's on the to-do list. It's one of my top priorities. I've been, I've looked at it several times today. I've been thinking about it. I've caught myself. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's. You know, with you saying that, I really appreciate that with the mindfulness because one of the things I am doing uh, is I'm doing a 40-day uh, meditation. And I can hear a lot of people, when you, see, when you tell people that you're doing some self-care, they're like, oh, I don't have time for that, right? The actual 40-day meditation that I'm doing, and it's actually part of a group that I'm, I'm participating in, I'm a participant, I'm not leading it, it's three minutes a day right? And what's interesting is just setting three minutes aside, you think, oh, well, that's no big deal or that's not enough. I mean, you can, however you look at time, it's either too much or not enough, right? So a lot of times I actually put that in my calendar when that three minutes is happening, because it's amazing. If I let the day just kind of roll, where am I going to put that three minutes? And then to actually, it's not just the three minutes of getting there. It's like getting to the chair and then sitting down and then setting, you know, the music I'm going to have and doing the actual three minutes, right? So having that is a really great start to have, start bringing some harmony into your day and your life is start with three minutes. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, you mentioned, uh, a life reset quiz. Can you yes. tell us about the quiz in this, in this podcast where we, uh, we're often wearing five different hats. We have the, uh, expert hat. We have the community builder hat. We have the uh, teacher or instructional designer hat. We have the technology hat. And then we have the entrepreneur hat. That's why course creators are so stressed out because they have to be five people at once. But if we, go, if we put our instructional designer hat on, uh, what are you doing with your quiz? So quizzes are amazing. Everyone should have one. If you've not, I know Chris can help you in setting one up. What's so great is you want to have people take a quiz before you actually have a conversation with them because you want to have your quiz reflect the kind of work that you're doing in the world so that you know if you're a match for them and they can see where the gaps are in their life. So one of the reasons why I like to give out the my life reset quiz and you just go to liferesetquiz.com and it takes two minutes. So it's not something that takes a lot of time for people. Quizzes are for people to have awareness. People like to have that quick information back where they know what to do with it. So for me, one of my courses, which is the Life Reset Experience, hence the Life Reset Quiz, right? So you want to have it that it relates to each other. And I have on there questions that have to do with your mindset, like how are, how are you feeling in life, what's, what's working for you, what's not working. And then I look at their physical space, so there's some questions around that. And then there's a few questions about their self-care and what does that look like. So I know with just how people answer in there, they've got some awareness around, hey, where are they rocking it? Like where is it, you know, they got this. And then they get to see what, where do they need support? 
And the areas that they need support, when they talk to you and you offer that support, it makes it easier to have that conversation because you could just get on the phone with someone and talk about anything, right? It helps them to focus on where they need their support and how you can help them. Wow, that's beautiful. What is your uh, like coaching experience like? Like when you designed, you said you have courses and you have the coaching. Like, is it group coaching, one on one? How does it work? I have a little of it all. And for me, a lot of it has to do with different times of the year. I focus on different things. So I just did a uh, five-day Facebook uh, clutter to calm challenge to have people start clearing things out, removing things out of their life, uh, anything from their calendar to clothes to their mind, changing up how they think about things, having that. So that's how I build community. So you were talking about the community aspect of it because really people want to feel like they're not in it alone. And when people are on similar journeys together, it really helps to have that support. So I do that as well as my online courses and my group courses. And then I also do VIP work. Um, You know, I'm actually doing like um, sometimes as part of the spa life, I'll do even like a night away where they get to get a step outside of their life. Again, looking at their environments to really do a little bit of that work hard, play hard, you know, talk about what they need to remove out of their life, see what it feels like in a 24-hour period. They're 24 hours with me. How is it that you bring in self-care? How is it that you have the flow into your life? So I do that in my VIP experiences, as well as there's some people that fly me to their home and I stay with them for three to five days and I help them clear out everything that they need to do. Wow, that is, that's amazing. That's quite the spread. It's fun. <laughs> Let me just put my technology hat on for a second. I'm we're, if, for you that's just listening, uh, I'm looking, the audio is great. The video is great. How did you get your tech skills? Well, here's the thing. I would say that as soon as possible, you want to delegate those things. One of the things that I learned really early on is stay in your lane of what your strengths are. When you were rattling off these five things that people are doing, it's one thing that you can know that, but know the areas that are your strength and you will do much better to delegate those other things. So I have team that created the studio, the lighting, all of these things. I come in and do, you know, I talk to people, I work with people and I have those aspects, but I don't do the technology aspect of it. Wow. What about, this is a instructional teacher thing. You're a great public speaker. How did you develop that? You know, I think when it comes to public speaking, I think it's just experience and just doing it. I I was actually just talking, my daughter's on my team and I was just talking to her. I was actually just walking down to the studio and I said, you know, it never gets old of just hitting that go button where you just have that moment of like, oh, (laughs) you know, am am I going to say all the right things? Am I going to touch the people that need to be heard? Am am I going to give all the information that supports them? I mean, I think that never really leaves you. I think what happens is that you have to have the mindset that it's not about you right? It's not about me being here. It's about how it is that I can connect with the person that they need to hear the message to get them to the next step of where they're at. So if you go from that place and one of the things actually Molly was really great in teaching me this. I've had a couple mentors that told me that is that you have to think about just talking to one person. So for right now, it's like you and me are just having a conversation, right? We know that there's people that are learning and gathering and information. But if I think about, you know, there's thousands of people listening to this, I could get distracted with that number. Whereas we're just talking to one person. So whether or not you're live talking to people, because I talk on on stages or online in my courses, you're always only talking to one person because that's all you want to do is make the difference from one person. And if it affects, you know, millions of others, that's just a bonus. In terms of your getting on stage and public speaking, I know a lot, many course creators kind of end up 
behind the computer at home or they don't, they don't get out to the conferences or to live, do live events, host live events. How's that for you? Like the whole from the stage thing. Why did you decide to do that? Did you start with that? Did you add that later? Tell us about how that came into the mix. Right, right. So, you know, coming as somebody who worked undercover in her past, you know, profession, it's much easier for me to just, I have a hermit quality to myself. I know right now it seems like I'm really outgoing and that is definitely part of my personality, but you know, I love to be in jammies and hang out in my house just like anybody else. So getting just outside the door can be a big step for people. And one of the things, so I did start with my online stuff more. So I, I, I do more of that. Um, but I realized that getting out and connecting with people that at the end of the day, it's really about having that personal connection with people as well. And it's, it's and, right? It's not either or, it's and. And one of the things um, that really distinguished this for me and which is really pushed me to be more out. And it doesn't mean you have to be in the, the large speaking groups. You can look at just smaller ones. And one of the things that really made this distinguishing mark for me is, I don't know if you know who Bo Eason is, but he is a retired um, NFL player. And he had his goal to be the best safety in the world since he was like eight years old. And he became that. He was in the NFL. His brother was in the NFL. And now he applies that uh, into speaking because he also created a play about his life and he talks about story and he said you know the things that have passed through through time is about story and your story is important for our culture to learn things about what you know that you can pass on to other people and one of the things that he did and I didn't think about this until he had said this and I think that this will be helpful for the listeners is that he started with a group of 10 people that he just told his story to and a lot of people would say, oh, you know, that's not enough people. It's not worth my time, whatever that looks like. You could have five to 10 people in your living room. So what happened with him is he spoke to 10 people and there was one person who was there who went and talked to their company, who did a, a bigger talk for them with like 30 people. Then he had people in his program. And one of the guys there ends up having a guy who had his own plane. And now he does corporate training for all of them. Wow. And so, so the snowball like, kept rolling. <laughs> right. And yeah. so you don't know, there's never a, you know, too small of a group to be in front of because you don't know who they know and if they need to hear it, what that looks like. So when you think of public speaking, we think of like this big intimidating walking on the big grand stage, but it really could be a handful of people in your living room or, you know, there's many meeting areas, but actually when you think small, you actually have more impact because it's more intimate. That's awesome. Well, Diane Halfman, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on this show. How can the listener best connect with you from here? Well, I would definitely say people to take the quiz to see where you're at, to have that awareness about yourself. So you can go to the liferesetquiz.com, but you can also go to my website, dianehalfman.com, and there's all kinds of free gifts and ways to follow and connect with me. So what's the, which program or, or do we need to get into to get your one-page sheet? Ah, you know, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to give you the link on that because we're actually just now creating that to, uh, we haven't set a date on that yet. So okay. I will send that to you and you can get that out to your people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you've been a big inspiration and, and given us all like a really strong reminder to, you know, not neglect ourselves or handicap ourselves in the process by not taking care of ourselves and uh, thank you for inspiring the spa life and, and sharing your story today. 
Oh, it's been my pleasure, Chris. And you know, thank you for all the support you do to those who really need to get their work out into the world. It's really needed. Thank you.